0: listening to Helping Those with DID, a podcast of Lydia Discipleship Ministries. Thank you for your desire
1: to gain more understanding of how to best help those with dissociative issues. You can visit our website at www.lydiadm.org. And now let's listen in. Hello, everyone. We are back together today to wrap up a conversation that we started about trauma's impact on the mind and the body and the spirit. Uh, So today we're picking up on the spirit aspect. I think we also may have talked about the soul. Yes, I think we did. Okay, great. So let's go ahead and um, really, I think we're just going to go straight into this today. What Do you define as the spirit, just to give us a groundwork? To me, the spirit is the connector with God.
0: Because if you remember, before we were Christians, we weren't alive in our spirit. Hmm. The spirit was dead. And then as we became believers, the spirit became alive, which in itself is an amazing fact.
1: Absolutely. So we have God's spirit living inside of us. And when we experience significant trauma, something happens there to our spirit. Is that what you're sharing and thinking with this? Yes, Lindy. And what I
0: would say is that there is a vulnerability in our spirit when there's trauma, whether it's complex or not. But I think that one of the things that we need to remember is that the spirit, if it's the connector with god satan can't impact our spirit itself but he can counterfeit things and get us to believe something is true and it isn't or just I, I probably what i'm trying to say would be wrapped up in the sentence traumatic event is a spiritual event
1: mm-hmm. that is but An interesting thing, as I always say, because we do think more of the impact on our body and in our mind, but having that be a spiritual event, I'm kind of thinking of how people talk about how they view God or how um, those experiences impact even their closeness in their mind, their closeness to him. So I'm kind of picking up on how that could be the case, but tell us more about that.
0: Well, interestingly enough, if you're a student of the word, including the Old Testament. Um, There were three main uh, gods of the Canaanites when the Israelites were out of Egypt and headed for Cana. Those three main gods have a list of atrocities and brutality toward children, Mm -hmm that reads just like a list of SRA situations. And it's interesting that the target is the children.
1: It is, why do you think that is? Well, I think that
0: Satan, uh, in his debauchery, I think that he likes to destroy innocence. Hmm. Because you see that in so many different places. But as I said, these three main gods, uh, the requirements of how to worship their gods involved the whole list of brutalities.
1: And they're the same ones that you have seen acted out today, especially in victims of SRA. So you're basically saying he doesn't have any new tricks, right? It's the same evil that all the way back to the Old Testament is the same Method, if that's an okay word, of evil that he is still about today. Right. So then if someone has endured that, I can see if Satan's the one imposing it, why the spirit would be so impacted by that.
0: Right. You know, I, I don't think that Satan can uh, enter our spirit hmm. because the word says we become one spirit with God. Um, so I can't say verse and chapter on that one, but it it would seem that that would be true. When Paul talks about people worshiping idols, he makes it very clear. He says they're not worshiping the idols. They're worshiping the demons behind the idols.
1: So, so idol worship, is it fair to say, is actually demon worship? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. It is. If you think about it, how does
0: Satan get access to us anyway? I mean, he's roaming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And we know that the world and our own flesh are the other two enemies that we're wrestling with down here. But Satan can't have access to our life unless a door has been opened. Explain that a little more. What do you mean by that? In scripture, it's called um, giving the enemy ground to stand on.
1: Or like a foothold. Is that what foot hold, you hear? Right. Like that expression a lot, giving Satan a foothold. So what is that? Well,
0: if if we lived 100% based on truth uh, in our actions and our thoughts, uh, that would be one thing. But in this case, the enemy is beginning to infiltrate like a spy would be doing to see where are the weak spots. Oh yeah, I can see sexual immorality has been a weak spot here. So let's see what we can do to gain some more access, some more ground, some more footholds in that area. I would think that one of the first things that Satan attempts to do is to counterfeit the truth that's in our life.
1: Hmm. I've heard you just when we've talked before, um, use that idea of counterfeit. And I'm so intrigued by it. Explain, explain that to us. Well, if, as I said, if we believe the truth
0: and acted on it, um, then we would be walking by the spirit. But if we believe a lie that the enemy has uh, sort of enticed us with, You know today just this morning for the second time in three days i have to get a new credit card because it's been accessed and one of the suspicious activities was for three dollars and of course we know that's fishing where someone will put a dollar down or something to see if um the lenders will bite in other words If they'll accept it as a purchase of something. And I think that's kind of a picture of what Satan does. He fishes. Hmm. He puts a little bit out there. Like he did with Adam and Eve, you know, he said to to them, you know, the problem that you guys have is that God has lied to you.
1: Hmm.
0: So he's fishing.
1: He starts with a little bait to Mm -hmm. see if they'll engage with him. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of what that bait or like what that might look like with someone um, that's working on healing. Like what might Satan do or say in that realm?
0: I think one of the biggest places is uh, guilt, shame, and condemnation. Okay. He brings those feelings. We forget that not everything that sort of flashes through our windshield um, in terms of thoughts or feelings is necessarily ours. Satan is very capable of giving us a feeling like mm-hmm. I'm so lonely, nobody cares. And that overwhelming feeling can be generated by the enemy. The weight mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so the person begins to act Act out based on either shame or guilt or it was my fault or I should have done more. Those kind of thoughts. And once they're embedded in the mind, which is, we know, the battlefield, um, once they're embedded in the mind, it's harder to separate the enemy's counterfeits from what we would say would be rational Christianity.
1: Sure. It's not always a clear-cut thing where I can say, oh, that's not true. Um, it feels very real, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: It feels it feels uh, positive. It feels like it's the truth.
1: So what do you do with that when you start to have that type of um, thinking, especially about either God or yourself or what has happened to you that you sense might not be from the Lord?
0: I think the closer you get to the Lord, the more you can spot the lies. Hmm. And the lies typically take shape things like, you know, because this happened to me, I can never be clean again. Or because this happened to me, God must be punishing me about something. So as those, as he fishes with those, and we grab hold of them, then we've got a a secondary problem there. And that is to separate off his counterfeits from what really is true. But I wanted to mention one thing specifically, and that's some people fall into sexual bondage. In a particular area of their life, because of the fact that they were sexually abused as children, then the child's body responds automatically to sexual stimuli. And so I think a lot of times sexual addictions are, in a sense, tangled up with the enemy's counterfeits and his work of shame, so that the person is not able to say, well, Lord, my body is responding and I know why because of all that happened before. but what do you want me to do? You know how can I get free from from the sexual addiction? So I think that's important to remember that sometimes that's a common spiritual bondage for many people.
1: I've worked with survivors of sex trafficking, and I can see where that all gets very tangled up very quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: It's easy to it's easy to absorb um, the enemy's lives because they're so they make so much sense quote unquote at the time, mm-hmm. and also the uh, enticement doesn't come just as a fishing expedition, it's also an an expedition where Satan tries uh, starts out easy with maybe a, a very pleasant thought. And then the next thought he gives us is a little bit off. So if we're alert to him, his main work of counterfeiting, which is all he can do, He's not the creator God, so he can't create anything. Um, all his counterfeiting can be stopped, but we have to recognize that it is counterfeit.
1: I'll oh, go ahead. So well, I was just wondering, I don't want to take you off track, but how much of the time do does an individual need someone outside of themselves to help to um, reveal or call that out? Versus like, how much of the time I within myself can start to sort out lies versus truth? And how much do I need maybe a counselor or someone with spiritual discernment to kind of help me to start parsing that out?
0: That's a good question, Lending. I think, first of all, as we said, the closer you get to the Lord in terms of personal experience of Him, the easier it is to spot the counterfeits. Now, that doesn't mean that you can get rid of them as soon as you identify that that's a counterfeit. Because um, I just, as an aside, I just remember visiting in Europe uh, this huge castle and it was along the Rhine River. And what the people who owned the castle in like 1400s, what they did to secure their property was to have a really long and big linked chain that went from one side of the river to the other. And it was just at the bottom of the river until someone came that the people in the castle didn't want to go past. And they would pull it tight so that it would come up to the surface And that made it so none of the boats could get through. Oh, wow. Because they'd get all tangled up in this thing. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking how many defenses had been built into that castle. little slots so they could dump hot water, boiling water on people. Or um, for the certain kind of bow and arrow that they used, they had a different window. But other than that, it was very tight. And even the hallways gave the impression of safety by being curved
1: mm. at
0: the top, instead of just like a square room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the layout of the castle was built to make people feel that it was pretty secure.
1: Mm.
0: I wanted to mention uh, a resource that I've used for years. Um, it's the Steps to Freedom in Christ. By Neil Anderson. And it's basically an encouragement to repent. Okay. And by repent, I mean to look at something in our life and say, well, now maybe this isn't from the Lord. Lord, is this from you? You know. But often people can get tangled up in counterfeits if they've been um, had a lot of trauma. Because when you have a lot of trauma, everything's in chaos. Mm -hmm. And when things are in chaos, you're not necessarily looking for the fine print in the contract. You're just looking to survive. Sure. So that's not going to be something that's high on your radar, finding the counterfeit. But let me just read a few. This is from Step 1, which is Counterfeit Versus Real. And it's a list of non-Christian spiritual experiences. Sometimes many people feel if it's a spiritual experience, it must be from God.
1: Okay, I could see that. Mm-hmm. But we're told
0: that our enemy is the deceiver and he's the liar. And so his whole way of working is to give us an experience sometime that might be quote-unquote mystical or out of the ordinary. And so... We need to be careful of not automatically saying, Well, God must have given me this. Mm. He he must have done for example, I know a lady, she said, um, Oh, I went into the bathroom at my house, newly remodeled bathroom, and right when I was in there I could smell this really nice, sort of like rose petals. And I just had this, you know, I think God just gave me this intense Smell of flowers uh, just to show me um, that He loves me. So now, here she's looking for ways that God will show that He loves her, which is good, mm-hmm. but by believing and not testing
1: mm-hmm. at all,
0: just thinking, oh, it was there was this light that came in the corner, and description as she was going on made me a little bit suspicious. Um, But it's easy to envelop those kind of experiences, especially, you know, we want to be close to the Lord. We want to listen to his voice. But Paul makes it real clear. He said there's a a way to test the spirits. And he, I think we spoke of it in another podcast, but basically, Paul says a spirit that says Jesus Christ came in the flesh in other words, the incarnation. If, if someone says, the spirit says, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that spirit is from God. But if he the spirit doesn't acknowledge that, then he's not from God. He's from Satan. Mm. So it's really clear there. But I think a lot of times we get ourselves in trouble because we don't test the spirit. And I think, as I said, one of our former podcasts, we go more into detail about how to do that. So that might be a good one to to grab hold of. But just uh, it, it, finalizing things here, just a list of some of the things that are those counterfeit spiritual experiences. There's quite a few here, but I'll just highlight uh, mediums and channelers, like people that use Ouija boards. Um, that's um, a medium. And the scripture is really clear, even in the Old Testament. We're not supposed to have anything to do with mediums. Or mental telepathy or Freemasonry. I'll get myself in trouble here, but that's okay. I've been in trouble before. (laughs) But many people don't realize, they think Freemasonry is kind of a club, like the Knights of Columbus or something, just a club. And many people get involved in it, not realizing that it has a lot to do with what Satan tries to counterfeit. I know that there is, even at the beginning level of Freemasonry, for example, a counterfeit resurrection. Mm-hmm. So the person's laid on the floor, and then the Masons, quote unquote, bring him back from the dead. You know, so the parallel to what we believe is true is amazing. So that might be something you need to ask the Lord uh, if you are involved or your family has been involved in the past. Things like levitation, astrology, horoscopes, and something like spirit guides. I remember talking to a girl who told me that she was in like second or third grade and she could not read. They had worked with her at school, but she just could not read. Well, for whatever reason, the mother decided the best thing to do was to go to the Woodland Park Library and get all the books out that have to do with witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Maybe her daughter would be interested in that, and so she would learn to read, which happened. She instantly was able to read. But um, what had happened was she had received a spirit guide, during a traumatic event someone a spirit who wanted to comfort her and uh, a spirit who wanted to generate the the negative or the even the hatred against god for quote-unquote allowing it Mm -hmm. so it's easy sometimes uh for spirit guides to have entry into a person the best thing to do is if you're aware that that there is a spirit or you're sensing you're not sure is this my spirit uh what's going on here asking the lord lord would you separate out any spirit guides that are not from you at all from the one and only holy spirit
1: i'm thinking of someone in a counseling office I know I've talked to a counselor friend recently who said, I'm starting to think this is spiritual, was her quote, Mm -hmm. Um, instead of just something in a marriage that they were trying to sort out with each other. And so just to maybe pause, is that, am I hearing that right? Even in a session to try to, I'm just to ask the Lord simply if he would show what might be spiritual in a situation.
0: Right. I think that it. It kind of rounds out what we've been saying, where our mind being the battlefield and we're told to bring thoughts captive. And then the soul, our emotions um, that occur when there is trauma, and we can't say, well, we'll stop those emotions from happening. Right. Well, we can't do that because we're human. At least I don't think that AI has totally taken over. Anyway, um, that way people are aware that Satan is capable of interfering with my healing. I think the biggest thing in terms of healing that Satan works at is he causes the trauma. He incites people in wickedness. And then he also tries to prevent it from being healed. Mm -hmm. So...
1: So you're kind of hit from both sides, right? Right. From the experience itself and then from the aftermath of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is defeated and we don't have to be afraid, as you've said before. You referenced this, but we do have a spiritual um, warfare in the counseling office Mm -hmm. podcast that I think would be a good um, connecting point if this has resonated with you as the listener. So we're so grateful that the Lord heals completely. And even in the spiritual realm, we can have that victory and authority with His grace and strength. And so we will lean into that together. And we thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Bye-bye. You can visit our website for resources at
0: www.LydiaDM.org.